have all day. I know you don't have all day. I pressed record. It's going. I pressed record a while ago, but... No. All right. Just to be a... Let's get into it, then. A little hoot. So, we're back. It's a conversation. It's our annual, quote-unquote, annual um, trade deadline special with the tugboat and Admiral Bonesaw. Good day. We're going to talk about our beloved Leafs and just kind of go through the rooster and... uh, See where they're at. I mean, obviously the team is playing fantastic. They're crushing everybody. Uh, they have Other a little... than Phoenix or Arizona, if you will. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. I, mean, I guess they are Arizona. But uh, they were probably a little hung out. They probably went for it the night before I would have. And uh, like, like Matthews hosted everyone at his home. It's probably hard for, for them. It's hard for them to do like go out and get liquored up at bars and the smoke so when they do it on the road I, I don't hold it against them that's the first road game they lost to the west since December 2017 so you can't really they, hold it against them they didn't need it no this is the mulligan night off yeah it'll be fine just call that one in <laughs> give those Arizona guys something to hang their hat on yeah no, Arizona, I'm not too worried about it. Arizona's pretty good. But overall, the Leafs are doing pretty well. Um, that being said, we wouldn't be much of Leaf fans if we didn't have complaints and things that we could pick apart and debate endlessly. Thanks a lot, Toronto Media. So, let's get into it. All right. Let's, uh, as every good team starts a net and is built from the net out, we'll start between the pipes. So, what are your initial thoughts on the uh, tenders of the Twine Tooth Tentulon? Uh, I mean, what, I'm, what I don't want to see is what happened last year where Anderson just didn't have it in the playoffs, got lit up by the Bruins. Um, Babcock has a tendency to play the hell out of Frederick Anderson, and apparently he likes that. He likes to play a lot, but I'd still like to see them give him a little bit of a rest. Sparks, I'm still, the jury's still sort of out. A lot of people don't like him, but... I don't think there's been a big enough sample size as of yet. Um, so I think the, as long as they can secure home ice advantage over the Bruins, who they'll no question play in the first round, the sooner they can start resting Freddie, the better. Yeah, but I, they might be neck and neck with the Bruins pretty well the rest of the year. Yeah, it's shaping up that way. I, I'm with you. I think they lean real heavy on Steady Freddy, the $5 million man. Um, and I agree. Sparks, I have, a, I have a number of question marks beside his name. He is an RFA this year, so he's going to have to get paid a little bit. He's making well under a million right now. But it, my biggest problem is in the organization, they just have a, a, a lack of depth now. They got those two goalies got poached early in the year. They lost McElhaney. He's not going to go anywhere. He's part of the starting by committee that they're going going with in Carolina. Um, and then young Pickard got chased out of Philadelphia after that one yeah. loss. That loss pretty much cost him his job and Ron Hextall his job. He looked pretty bad. I mean, they do yeah. have some young guys in the system, like that Ian Scott. He's in, still in junior who shows the promise and... Uh, Michael Hutchinson, don't forget about him. 
Mm, I kind of did already. They and they have uh, there's two guys that I can recall. There's a wall, something wall. Yeah, Joseph Wall, who's. So I'm they, not sure if he's still in college or where he's playing, but yeah, they he, gotta, again shows the promise. He played for the U.S. junior team a few years ago. They, so they have a they have a couple of kids coming, and they've got Steady Freddy locked in till 2021. So if they can get a kid at least into the AHL and then bridge the gap, I think they they'll be fine long term. But I really don't like. The thing about Sparks, he really reminds me of Marc Andre Fleury. The way he's kind of a flopper and a and a battler, like he's not yeah. he's not pretty in that. He's not quiet or sound like Freddie. Tends to just slide, kick kick parts of his body everywhere. Like looks like he's fighting the puck more more often than not. Which I don't know. He's making the saves most of the time, but he's not as smooth as McElhaney was. Yeah, I understand. I understand why they kept Sparks. He was the AHL goaltender of the year. He was twenty-five years old. Way cheaper. Dubis was the GM of the Marlies last year, so he sort of been not that he drafted him or anything, but he's sort of seen him develop and didn't want to give up that asset because he would have gotten swallowed up, no question, on waivers. Yeah. Um. Do, what do you do? What do you do then? So you, are you going to sit and wait for the kids, or what would yeah, you do? Yeah, I wouldn't do anything at the deadline. I don't think it's worth giving up picks or anything like that to shuffle the deck chairs on the Titanic. Like, I don't know who would be available that would be an upgrade. Yeah, and I would. Also, that you, you know, you're not going to give up much for. I went. I wouldn't. I would stand pat, and if you really have to call up Michael Hutchinson as your backup. Yeah, I'm not too worried about this year. I think they're in a good spot. Um, I think if you wanted to around the draft or around free agency time, I know Peter Morazic is supposed to be UFA. His value is uh, not not great right now, so that might be a reclamation project if you're looking to add another warm body into the system that has some experience, but otherwise I think you... You just hang on for dear life and hope that those kids don't turn out to be disgusting busts. At least yeah. you need a you need one of them to be your AHL starter. This Freddie's only twenty nine, so he's still got some good years left. Just give him a rest. Yeah, don't. He, he'll they, he'll want to play every game, but just don't let him. <laughs> yeah, freaking horse. He, the only time he doesn't want to play is back to back. He probably still wants to play. Yeah, and he'll, you know, he'll probably have to here and there in the playoffs, but yeah, I don't know. I would just give give Sparks a game here and there against weaker teams. I mean, you could argue they struggle sometimes against lesser opponents, but like Arizona. Well, if, but, you, uh, if you snapshotted it right now where the division is, they're not going to catch Tampa, let's be real. And nope. Montreal is kind of starting to slide back a little bit so if it turns out that it's Leafs and Bruins are just locked in and the only thing they're playing for is home ice then maybe you give Sparks a little bit more time towards the end of the season just to give Freddie a rest and see what you've got in Sparks I'd really like to see them with home ice just because the Bruins 
kicked kicked their butts in that first the first couple of games, especially on the power play. And Freddie looked didn't look his best. And that game seven in Boston, also Freddie, yeah. among other players, struggled hard. So yeah, uh, I just I would prefer home ice. Speaking of those other players, let's slide into the D now. Not not the DMs, just the D. <laughs> so at the start of the season, this was supposed to be their weak spot. It was supposed to be they were really bad defensively. And how could you ever make the playoffs with that defensive core, which I thought was pretty extreme. And mid-season, they pulled off a, I would say, an interesting trade and got Jake Muzzin. And since then, it's no longer their D is horrible. It's their right D is horrible. Um, oh, yeah. Or, yeah, just lacking entirely. Yeah, so I mean, you've got Hainsey. It's probably declining quicker than I would have expected. He's, I think his deal's up this year, his $3 million deal. Yeah, he'll be gone. Um, Zaitsev is not going to be gone. He makes four and a half till 2024. Oof, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, so was 2016 a fluke, or is he just like just high on cocaine from the summer, spending all that $4 million in Russia? Yeah, um, uh, well, the sample size now would suggest that he's not what he was in 2016. Yeah, it's tasting funky. If this would have been like a three-year deal, I would have been all right with it, but it's a, it was, a, I think, a seven-year deal at the time. At the time, I didn't care that much because he looked promising. Yeah, yeah he looked awesome. If, if there's any way they could unload his contract, that would be fantastic. Um, could... Well, let's, see, let's keep chugging. So... They have this on the right side. They've got this young hole. Um, that's actually his name. He's not just a, a hole. He set himself up with a huge ceiling from his little stint that he had last year. He scored, scored a goal in his first game and just otherwise played well. Like, played right at the level that Dermot was at and just looked really good. And then this year, the few times I've seen him in the lineup, we'll say it's less good. Um, he's a UFA after next year. What do you do with a guy like that? Uh, I don't know. You're kind of diminishing. I, they're, they're doing giving him the Josh Lebo treatment. Yeah. In that, they're kind of diminishing that asset. There's another guy. Why wouldn't you rest? Like Babcock seems to love Ron Hainsey and loves playing him with Morgan Riley for some reason. So why wouldn't you rest um, Ron Hainsey here and there, who plays on the right side most of the time with Riley, and slot in Justin Hall? Again, once you... I, I know they're trying to secure home ice advantage, but Hainsey looked tired as well in the playoffs. Yeah. And Babcock plays the hell out of him and plays on the penalty kill, plays with Riley, so... Why not just see what you've got in Justin Hall? It's kind of too late to showcase him for for this year, but no, and he's got a, he's, he's got good. another he's year good. to go. So you don't you didn't have to showcase him this year. Next year, you probably want to build up his value. I can't see how he fits into the long term plans. He's already he's twenty seven. They've got uh, Sandine and Lilligren kind of waiting in the minors. One or two of them will probably be on the team next year. 
Yeah, let's let's I'll save that. Let's talk about them in a minute. Um, and then the last guy that on the right side really is Ojaganov. Is he just a like a younger Polak? A placeholder, basically. <laughs> yeah, like a warm body to play the sixth defensive man. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's in the press box right now. Yeah, and then I guess speaking of press box, you've got Martin Marincin just lurking around in the background, like he he's just one of Babcock's practice guys. Yeah, they've got guys. Just he's he's yeah. a UFA, so I imagine he won't be he won't be re-signed. If I had to guess. No, I mean, there's a guy you could move at the deadline for for a, a fifth even round a, pick. Yeah, pick. Just get just offload him. Yeah, get something. Um, so going over to the other side, we'll start with the the biggest question mark and concern is one of those guys that maybe didn't have a great game seven. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He makes just over four million now. I believe he his deal is up at the end yep. of the season. So, do you, if I'm Dubas, which I'm not, and kind of glad because just looking around for some of this stuff the other yesterday, like holy frig, but um, do you like ask him say, um, so what kind of money would you want? And when he comes back with like seven, you're like, all right, well it's been fun. Yeah, I think I think this has already happened. They've sort of said, well, we'd love to have you, but, you know. Only so at the I, current dollar value you're at. They might, if they can get them for five, I think they would do that for maybe not eight years or anything. Maybe like four or five years. They, sure, they would keep him. He's, he's a capable young defenseman. Well, not young anymore. But, yeah, and not really defensive, um, but he, the... The media crapped all over him a couple, like a month ago, I guess now. But what they don't look at is the Leaf offense is all about the stretch pass, and he is he is one of the best in the league at making that long bomb pass that they're really into. Um, I I see them moving away from it a little bit more now, but that for a long time that was their thing was just. He he just gets it and stands at the top of the circle of his own end. And literally stands there, which is part of why when he screws up, it looks so bad. But yeah, he, he'll he just had, bomb uh, it like 50, fifty-two points last year. Like he's yeah, yeah he's he's not terrible at points. Um, the it's when he has these like breakdowns and you know like game seven has a dash four or whatever it was. And a huge loss and boneheaded a couple of plays. That's yeah. when the media and the fans get on him. And it was nice of his teammates to step up, but he definitely deserves the criticism. He is a high risk, high reward, which I think we've said all along with that guy. Yeah, I think you don't overcomplicate it with him. Just say, if you want to play for $5 million and be troll, here you go. If not, well, it's been fun. And you just let him walk. And he's I don't a- think he. Well, he's a UFA think... now, so it's. I think once you get Marner signed, and we'll talk about that, but um, you see how much you have left, and then you'd be like, hey, man, you want $5 million? You like being here. You got a lot of friends on the team. You know they're going in the right direction. How does $5 million taste for three years or four years? Probably three, but. Yeah. Yeah. If he'll take it, great. Yeah, I doubt he would. 
Uh, well, who knows? Maybe he really likes it in Toronto and wants to try and win with that group. But maybe he just wants I don't to get bl- paid. I don't blame him if he wants to get paid. Yeah. Um, and then the other two big names on that side that I'm going to talk about first is Dermot, who is an RFA after the year. So they'll have to give him some money. <clears throat> I don't think he's earned huge money. It's probably more of a bridge deal kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and then you got Riley's locked up long term, which is awesome. And then Muzzin they have for this playoff run and the next one. And then they'll have to figure out what they're doing with Woodstock's own Jake Muzzin. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think they... For a team that has such terrible defense and are awful at defending, they certainly are playing a lot better than people thought they would. Uh, I would say they have, and I'm going to count Hainsey as a solid defender. Kills penalties, all that kind of stuff. I would. He's getting slow and starting to make some bonehead plays. He could be getting fatigued already, but um, he's not an offensive threat, but... If you count him in your top four, which they do because he plays with Riley, you probably have a solid top four, and then Dermot and whoever ends up playing on that third pairing. It's pretty decent, as long as you can protect that third pairing. Yeah. No, I, I don't think their defense is the big hole uh, that everyone thought it was going to be. I think... They, they had their stretch for about six weeks or so after Christmas where they struggled in general, but there were a lot, a few factors there. Freddie was out, the power play kind of went south. Yeah, they were probably hung over from Christmas and New Year's. And in that time, they did upgrade with the acquisition of Jake Muzzin, so it's not necessarily their strength per se, but it's certainly it's not the weakness that everyone thought it might be at the beginning of the season when that trade broke I was in the US and the first reports I got of it from my buddies were that it was Grundstrom and I forget the other piece and there John was, Dersey yeah they didn't mention the pick and I'm like whoa what a steal and then they're like oh yeah and a first round pick and it's like oh okay that makes more sense yeah it is a high price to pay a first. I would have liked to see a second, but I'm sure the Kings were like, um, he's on our top pairing. Frig off. Yeah, I mean, to to a certain extent, they got. I think they should sort of go for it this year. We I mean, talk about that more later, but with the, with the bit of uncertainty this coming off season with who you're going to be able to keep and for what. There's got to be a certain element of going for it, but not selling the farm at the same time. Yeah, not being stupid and just picking up a whole bunch of Joe Newendike type players. Um, yeah. So you mentioned Lilgren and Sandine. They uh, have you anything you noticing that uh, it's things are cooling off with the excitement of this young Lilgren? I, I just don't hear much about him. Uh, he was injured for a good chunk of the season. He had a high ankle sprain, which kept him out for quite some time. And I think they even sent him back down to the to the um, East Coast League for uh, some some conditioning. So 
He hasn't played a lot so far this year, only 21 games, I think. I haven't heard in those 21 games that he's played particularly well either, which is a little mildly concerning. Yeah, I think a lot of people talk highly of Sandine, yeah, who's some, younger. They're excited because he's a first-round pick. He, it, just... Unless they want to Luke Shen him into oblivion, I think they probably should, and I think they can afford to wait, probably let that one season a little bit. Yeah, the the uh, and the Marlies have also struggled this season. Yeah, they blew blew With it out goal, last year. They got their goaltenders basically taken from them. Uh, their best players, Janssen, Captain there was there for a little bit last year, but yeah, they're just a different team this year. So I I think it's. You don't really think too much about those two defensemen. Just don't trade them, basically, at this yeah. trade deadline. See what you've got in training camp next year. Maybe one of them starts with the big club, kind of like Dermot. I don't necessarily think Dermot was putting out big offensive numbers. No, and I don't care if year. he does. It's just, uh, you need him to not cause goals. Yeah, the year that uh, Dermot, the last year, I guess, when he made his jump to the NHL. I don't necessarily think he was uh, tearing it up points wise or anything. But no, he came back though and played really well for their playoff run when he went back down. Yeah. So we talked about before we got. I think before we started, we were talking about how some Leaf fans are morons and they just want to trade everybody all the time. So just to make the Bouge happy. Um, when Nylander was holding out, there was a lot of, oh, let's trade him for a D. Um, so I, I, of course, have not given up that dream. I think it's not plausible now that they have his money on the books, but the one that I was really looking at was Jacob, Jacob Sla- Slavin, Slavin from uh, Carolina. That guy's $5.3 million per year. Till the middle of next decade, I thought that would have been an awesome trade for Nylander, but it's pretty much not uh, not going to happen now because they have no money. Um, but Carolina does have they have a lot of like NHL D and good prospects coming, including Hayden Flurry, who no one's talking about, and uh, that Fox guy from Calgary that could be the the big part of that trade for Dougie Hamilton. Brett Pesci. Yeah, Brett Pesci, Justin Falk, Calvin DeHaan, Dougie Hamilton that no one seems to like. Um, I guess he would call him TVR instead of JVR. He's a solid yeah. uh, solid defenseman. Not not flashy, but good defender. Um, the other one, the other teams I was looking at, Colorado has, uh, has some excess defense and they've got some stuff coming, so maybe that like it would make their veterans available, guys that the Leafs probably wouldn't be able to afford. But I really like that. Well, they've got two def- that Connor Timmins and that McCarr, um, Kale McCarr, and yeah, those and, two young. And I think they're both right-handed. And that Gerard, whatever his name is, that they poached from the Senators, Samuel Gerard. Yeah, he's in their top twenty six, years old. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. They've got all kinds of pieces coming, but then 
that means pieces that are available are guys that are a little older and on the on the other side of their prime. Um, yeah. Major surgery is coming in Anaheim. Anaheim was another team that was burning up the phone lines during the Nylander saga. Um, there's two guys I think that the Leafs were interested there: the Brandon Montour and I forget the other guy. Um, like they have Andre Schuster is in the NHL. Like that guy should be, or in the AHL, he should be a five-six guy on most teams, and he's making like one point eight million in the AHL. So that tells me they've got some extra D. They just can't win hockey games. So yeah, they just they've got Rand, well they had Randy Clark, Carlisle. <laughs> yeah, so that that team's gonna get gutted. So if the Leafs could get in on the fire sale there and get something for cheap. Um, or for futures, that's something to to think about. Um, and then Philly is talking about moving the ghost, which again it's out of the Leafs' price range. But somehow the Leafs, Bruins, and Tampa seem to be in on any player of note that's rumored well, to be they're, moved. They're amongst the buyers, I guess. Yeah, and the ones with some deep pockets. Um, <clears throat> what I would like to see, and it's never going to happen is them to pick up just a spare part floating around the league now. And I said it last year, too. Luke Shen makes eight hundred grand a year, and he's going to be UFA at the end of the season. He got basically waived slash cut by... Um, oh, who was he with? He was with Anaheim, I think. It didn't bank. Yeah, it was Anaheim. He's with Vancouver now is the moral of the story. But don't trade for him. But if that guy's available and you need a depth defenseman to replace Marincin, and you don't want to pay top dollar. My, the thing I like about him is he still plays physical. I think his skating is not good, so I don't think yeah, he has a, a lot of value. Of a yeah, in a, a league that skating and speed is a premium now. Poor little guy sees himself on the outside looking in. It's much more important than physicality. Yeah, but I love hits. Well, <laughs> that's great. He just lost the Anaheim Ducks. That game that or the Kings. When the, when the Leafs beat the Ducks uh, 6-1, whatever that was a month or so ago, the, the Leafs were out shooting them 2-1, to one, so like 40-20 to 20 or whatever it was. The Ducks had about 26 hits. The Leafs had about 8. <laughs> the Leafs, it's just not as an important... Maybe in the playoffs, you could argue, but you know, you have to hit, it has to, um, it has to add something to your attack or, or yeah, you can't uh, just hit for the sake of hitting like the old days. Finish your check and be way out of the play, yeah, which is kind of Randy Carlisle's style, yep, and that is not working for them, but. No. It would be it would be such a nice little story too. Like comes back to the team that drafted him, only like ten years ago. Yeah, I think it was two thousand eight when he got drafted fifth overall or something like that or seventh. Poor little guy, his career is essentially over. Yeah, I'd be alright if they gave him a PTO professional tryout. Yeah. If he deserved to make the team, fine, but sign him for six hundred and seventy-five thousand on a. Well, or just a PTO is probably the safer move, but that would be awesome. Um, any other thoughts on the D? Uh, not really. I mean, 
if this is the, the group they have to go into the playoffs with, then all right with it. Uh, I mean, if they're going to go after any of the guys that are the rumored to, like Dougie Hamilton or Slavin or Pesci or any of those guys, they're probably going to have to give up a roster player, I would think. So. Yeah, like, do you trade Gardner for somebody? I don't know why Carolina would do that. I wouldn't if I was them, but who knows? They, they also no, dance they, on the ice like a bunch of buffoons, which is entertaining. A bunch of jerks. Yeah, a bunch <laughs> of jerks. But anyways, okay, well, we, we got to keep moving. Um, so getting up front, we'll start with uh, one of the more deep and solid positions on the right side. Uh, you've got Marner, assumedly, will sign. Nylander is getting paid a boatload. Uh, Connor Brown makes $2.1 million a year. Kapanen will probably get a King's Ransom at some point. And then you've got this uh, Trevor Moore gentleman, who I don't know that much about, um, that they picked up and are have a big boner for. He's uh, in the weeds. So I would say on the right side, you're probably covered, assuming you lock in those two guys, which they are planning to. Or you yeah, trade Kapanen uh, for something awesome, but who knows? Yeah, I think they're pretty solid on the right. They don't really need to do a whole heck of a lot. Who's playing on the fourth line? Is it Ennis right now? Uh, on no, the right side? He, or what side he, is he? He just came back, so it's probably Connor Brown is on the right side. Oh, yeah. But then Janssen got injured. Yeah, so Ennis. He, he didn't play Saturday, so anyways... We'll get to that side in a minute. Um, what do you think Marner signs for? Uh, probably in the $10 million range. I was That's hoping. predicted at the start of the year. They really should have signed. In hindsight, if they last summer when the rumors started coming out that he wanted $10 million, you probably could have started negotiating with them and said, how, here, bitch, how about $9 million? Yeah, but everyone would have won nine million. They wouldn't have. They, they, he wasn't gonna make a deal before Matthews got his money. Just the way that Drysaddle didn't make a deal until McDavid got paid. You let the big gun yeah. get his money, and then you slot in right behind him, making as much as you can. I think I would like to see him, ideally, nine and a half. Um, I, but I wouldn't want to see him more than ten and a half. No, I, he has led the team in points the last two seasons, so it's not like he doesn't oh, yeah. deserve some money. It's little pricks, pretty good. So I don't know if it's gonna be. He might sign for nine and a half or ten, but only like four years. Uh, yeah, it's that, gonna be interesting because they'll have to give him more if they sign him to a longer term deal where he eats up some of his. Uh, UFA years, kind of yeah. like they did with. Uh, but he's a year behind Matthews. Matthews, so if they signed him for five, then they're buying two years of UFA from him. Yeah. So I don't no, know. It'll be interesting. They, they yeah, honestly, if they can get him for ten for five years or so, I'd be happy with that. But yeah, just as gonna, long as they get cost. him, as long as they get him, the team's better with him on it. So. No, they'll sign him. There's no question. It's just, what does that mean for 
yeah. Kapanen and Janssen. Do they have enough left to pay those little hoots? So then another spot where they're pretty solid is down the middle. They have Matthews locked up, JT's locked up, Kadri's locked up at four and a half through 2022. And then for their fourth line, I mean, who cares, right? But they do have Freddie the Goat, Gauthier, and uh, Par Lindholm. Uh, he's kind of playing the wing a little bit more now, but uh, the Goat hasn't looked terrible recently. Um, the big lumbering, truculent pick of Brian Burke is finally starting to look like he belongs in the NHL a little bit more. At best, he could be a Brian Boyle-type guy, like kill penalties good in the face-off and basically not a liability at Somehow worst. he's only 23 years old. I thought he's been around way longer. No. That. No, he just, I don't know, there was such high expectation for him so early, and then he just kind of, when he didn't get really good really fast, they were like, oh, so his potential is like at best third line. But, yeah, that was one of their first-round picks, I believe. They drafted a fourth-liner. Is Trevor Moore a winger? Yeah, they have him listed as a right winger. Yeah. But you never know. He's somebody that could... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he played in the playoffs. And I guess they could put Parlin home back at center and sit the GOAT if the GOAT looks out of place. But if he deserves to be there, then as that's as, fine. As long as they don't give up goals in their six minutes a game or whatever they're going to play they haven't been bad. I, let, I mean, when the the fourth line hasn't looked that bad with Andreas Janssen playing there, but he's probably too good to to be on that line long term. Yeah. Well, but he's he'll be coming back from yet another injury, so he might find himself back on that line instead of Connor Brown. I don't know. The next the next guy they have coming for a centerman, like the next prospect, is playing for the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, Riley Stotts. So, you know, good thing this this group more or less is locked in for the next few years because there's not a huge bevy of stuff coming behind, at least not at center. So, I mean, it's not a concern. You could always put Nylander at center. He's played there before, but chances are he's going to slot in higher up in the lineup, so he wouldn't need to be. Yeah. Centering the line, they'll figure it out. But and there's always there's always seems to be those depth guys, those fourth line centers, move around between teams with the uh, contenders grabbing guys every year, rentals and whatnot. Um, so the last position to talk about is left wing, where like the D, I think there's some uh, some discussion to be had here. So you have Hyman is locked in at two and a quarter till twenty twenty one which is good. Um, with JVR leaving, there was kind of a, a hole for a scoring left winger. Janssen's going to get paid at some point by somebody. He looks like he, he's a player. He's friggin' fast. Um, and then you have Ennis is going to be a UFA after this season. He only made six hundred fifty grand, So they need to find guys like that and kind of squeeze a Mason Raymond type season out of them. I think with the money they pay their top six, they're always going to have some reclamation guys like Tyler Ennis or who knows. Um, 
like a fourth line winger that they either a yeah. really young guy or like an old guy who's in the twilight. Yeah, it would be awesome if Patrick Marlowe would shut it down after this year. But well, that's so. I have a long discussion here. So he, he, and I read a big article by this guy. I'm not going to say his name because I kind of hate him, but um, he gets paid six and a quarter for next year. Yeah, he has a very stringent no move, and the buyout deadline is the 30th of June. So you can't buy him out because you're still going to have to take that cap hit. Yeah, because he's over 35. Yeah. You can't move him at all. Like, you can't even put him in the minors unless he agrees to it. So there was all... This article was focused on all these internet schemes on how to, like, get rid of that contract. And best bet is they win the cup this year and he decides to retire as a champion and then they get that six million dollars back yeah i just wish it was if it were done this year it would be a big deal but it's that last year and he just hasn't looked as good this year yeah i don't know how what he's how many uh points he's putting up but he's not quite like last year i think he had 27 goals or something like that yeah, he was scoring at a torrid pace, but he, uh, yeah, this year he's, it, I wouldn't say he looks slower, he just seems to be on the outside a little bit more, so I don't know if he's doing like a Rick Vaughn concerned about his life after hockey and trying to take it easy a little bit, I doubt it, because he's, uh, he's a goer, like the guy's potentially a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, he's got 13 goals this year. That's more than uh, I thought, I would have thought like nine 29 points so I mean just not quite the impact maybe yeah. he'll be better in the playoffs we'll see and he's more mostly been playing top 6 with that lineup you would expect him to have a few more points but he's not he, that being said he's not a, a liability in his own end so I mean at least he's got that going for him he's, he's contributing and he's not it's not hurting them yet no, it's if they could do like what the uh, Washington Capitals did with uh, oh the defenseman there uh, Brooks Light or no not Brooks Light Brooks Orpic Brooks Orpic they traded him to Colorado who then bought him out and then he promptly re-signed with Washington at a le- like a lower cap hit yeah so that was that was talked about in this article. But he has that no move, so... No, he'd have to agree to it. Yeah, it would almost have to be his idea. But why would he... I mean, he'd still get... So he'd get paid... What is it? Two-thirds of the contract or paid out over twice the amount or something like that. Plus the new money from the new contract. So he'd probably make more money in that scenario, but it'd be a big juggling act. I don't know if he'd want to do that. I don't think he's worried about money at this point in his career. Just not getting, like, crippled. Yeah. So, if, I mean, it would help them out if they could get rid of that contract. And so, Zaitsev's. But best probably bet, won't happen. Best bet, they just win the cup and he retires. But Yeah, they should just win the cup instead. Yeah, just that, that should be their motivation. Get that $6 million off their books. But... Even if he comes back for another year, you're going to be in tough 
and uh, you know it'll be a rough one for that year cap wise it'll be biting your fingernails but if you can survive that without losing too much then you're kind of in the clear a little bit or at least there's some room to breathe but then you've got guys like Timoshev Timoshev coming up he's his stock seems to also be one of those ones that I wouldn't say it's dropping you just there's less excitement around him um but Jeremy Brackle yeah I was gonna I had him down here but he doesn't excite me much like he's kind of like got, a he's yeah. having a good year with the Marley he's got 50 points in 51 games yeah I guess he's just I don't know doesn't doesn't do it for me um I see them if they're gonna make a move I see them trading and it being a left winger and Babcock for two years now has talked about Glenn Denning. He's got a real hard on for that guy. He makes one point eight million. Um and then he would be his contract he has two more years after this one. So if you look at Connor Brown playing the fourth line for two point one, one point eight's not insane. It's really high for every other fourth line player in the league, but the other one is Dubis has connections to Kyle Clifford from the Kings. He's 1.6 for one more year. So you would get two cup runs out of him. Um, he knows him from when he was an agent. But those are the two biggest names. Um, but for both of them, the price is going to include Brown or Lindholm, if not Janssen or Kapanen. So seems incredibly steep. Like a are you making the team better by doing that? Um, Kyle Clifford has 13 points in yeah, so 48 that, games this year. <laughs> so the argument is he's both those guys are those playoff type of guys that eat lots of minutes and play solid hockey. They're good dressing room guys, just all-around good people. But at this point, do the Leafs have... Like, do they not have good people like I feel like most of their team is built of good guys and it's a good group and all this kind of stuff you keep hearing them saying yeah so do you I need wouldn't... to sacrifice something to bring in a overpriced fourth liner for two years I don't think it's necessary myself the one really? interesting one to cut you off is that everyone's talking about is Michael Furland and I think there's a lot of teams that are in on that guy He's a pending UFA. He gets paid uh, one and three quarter million right now. So the only reason I would like to see him come in is like an upgrade to what Matt Martin was doing, where when things get a little testy, like they did against the Bruins a couple weeks ago, um, that guy, you can put him out for 45 seconds and just let him go haywire and smash some people. Um, also, even against Montreal, they were getting smashed around quite a bit when they won in overtime a couple of weeks ago. So I would just like to see them have a little bit of, I would call it an insurance policy, because right now I don't know who would answer the bell if it came down to it. Kadri, I guess. If that guy is one of the tough guys on the team, that's not saying much about your team toughness. Those Muzzin, like they're not, I mean, I they don't need guys who can fight or anything like that. No, they don't need enforcers, but they like a guy that like a Tom. Everyone's going to talk about Tom Wilson. Like yeah, a Tom Wilson type of guy that can just control a game with, like people are scared of him. 
that guy's a special case, of course. Like, there's not many guys that can play like him and control games, but... Oh, I mean, Furland had 21 goals last year. He's got 16. He's odd. Like, he'd be a useful player. Just the problem would be, what do you it's probably, give up to get him? He's probably going to be out of their price range, too. He's making almost a, two now. As a rental, like, is it worth... No, they would. he would be one that you'd have to sign in the summer. So if something falls through with Janssen or Kapanen, and you can get this guy for, you know, $4 million, play him on your third line, I don't know, it seems steep to me, but those are some of the names flying around, because Ennis will be gone, uh, Marlowe's got one more year, so really you have two starting left wingers, and then if this kid comes up and works out, great. But you still need another body in there somewhere. Yeah. Or just find a Tyler and a Mason Raymond kind of guy. I think that's probably what you do is look for someone under under 800000 Yeah. Just find a guy. Just PTO Luke Shen to play on the fourth line. It's a thought. Do you have any other thoughts on the left wing situation? No. Not too worried about it. Honestly, I think they've got... I don't think they need to make... Like, people... The only reason they would add a guy like um, Furland or somebody like that or Clifford is just because they think the fans want some toughness um, to play against the Bruins, but... Yeah, some sandpaper for the playoffs. How significant of a change is that going to be to have one dude who potentially, you know, doesn't fit well with the rest of the system in terms of the speed game that they play. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it would work, but... Yeah. We don't know until they try it. I guess. I just would like... My favorite was a few years ago, probably four or five years ago now, when they had all their bruisers, they were leading the league in fights. Like They weren't going to win the cup, but... Damn it, were they entertaining to watch. Huge hits, beat the shit out of the other team. It was great. It was like the only time in my life that they were a tough team like that. I'm sure uh, Fraser McLaren is, is available. And Jay Rosehill and Colt Nor. Yeah, I'm sure you could... Uh, it was a terrifying sure, line. I'm sure they would play in exchange for money. For the league minimum. Yeah, I'm sure they would. I'm assuming it's more than they make now, selling insurance or whatever it is they do. Yeah. No, they probably still play in the minor somewhere, those guys. A couple of them anyway. But, anyways. Um, what was Babcock's deal? Was he five years for eight million or eight years for five? Um, eight years. Let me see here. Yeah, he's coach. He he's hired until twenty, twenty two, twenty three, at six and a quarter million, same as Patrick Marlowe. Oh, so they just match their deals up. Oh uh, well, how cute! Minus the term. Yeah. So he's around for a while yet, <clears throat> unless something drastic happens. Yeah, unless him and Dubis really don't see eye to eye on things but really get into it about this Glenn Denning thing I actually saw an article that I didn't read about how they have an alliance those two and work together really well so 
I expect uh, I expect they'll be good for at least three more years, and then God only knows after that. Did you know that eighty-three-year-old Cliff Fletcher is still on staff? <laughs> yeah, I did. I think I did see that somewhere. I don't. Uh, I don't think he's putting in forty hard hours a week. Would be my guess. He uh, he was a big part of bringing Nicholas Hagman to, to the Leafs. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> in two thousand eight. <laughs> he he signed Matt Stage into an extension. Ooh. I don't. Uh, I think he's done, isn't he? Ooh, Matt Stajan? Yeah. yeah, I don't think he plays anymore. John guy. Mitchell signed him to a two-year deal. Really, some hard-hitting, hard-hitting moves there. Yeah. Well, he also had his first. That was his interim stretch in that time. He also was the full-on GM in the early two thousands, wasn't he? Or no, it was before that. The late nineties. No, that was in the nineties. Yeah. After Gord Stalick, probably. And he, uh, he, <laughs> he acquired Lee Stempniak for Carlo Koliakmo and Alex Steen. <laughs> that was a that good one. deal until Alex Steen decided to be really good for a couple of years. He also picked up Mike Van Ryan for Brian McCabe in a fourth-round pick. <laughs> so he's the, he's the GM that bent to the fans' will. Yeah. He acquired Jamal Myers. Did he even play? Uh, yeah, he played for a little bit, I think. Let's see. He had a three-way deal with the Islanders and the uh, Senators back in 90... Oh, this is in 1996. Yeah, so his first run. Anyways, <laughs> we probably don't need to go through the whole managerial... <laughs> Do you want to talk about how he traded Matt Sundin? We'll have, we'll have to have a, another episode where we have a Fletcher cast and talk about all the former Leaf GMs and their shrewd moves. Well, here's his most famous trade. We're going to end on this one. Right. He traded Craig Brube, Alexander Godniak, Gary Lehman, Michael Petit, and Jeff Reese to the Flames for Jamie McCowan, Doug Gilmore, Kent Manderville, Rick Natris, and Rick Walmsley. That's a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. Holy ten, crap. Ten, ten player trade. Yeah, you don't see those anymore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I don't think, other than Doug Gilmore, I don't think a lot of those other players really stuck on either team. I guess Kent Manderville played quite a few years. Yeah. But anyways, all right, Admiral Bonesaw, it was a good talk. I think we uh, we did justice to combing through the Leafs lineup and giving our feelings on uh, where they're headed, which is yeah. is good for the first time since we started doing this. Yeah, we should just win the cup this year, as I said. It'll just make things a lot easier. Solve a lot of problems. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, I'll let you enjoy your tea, and uh, I'll press stop. Okay. That's a conversation. Right